What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And gentlemen, it's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's time for the Wrestling Inc. AEW Dynamite After Show. And have we got a show for you. Samoa Joe is on the prowl. The Continental Classic continues on, and the devil strikes again. But before we get into all of this, first off, I was going to introduce Flobo Boyce, but him and his shaking head don't think I'm going to do that just yet. Please don't. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I want to say everyone in the chat, thank you for joining us. Make sure to like, comment, share, subscribe to get things started real quick. I've decided I'm going to start taking some questions from the chat, whether they're super chats or not. So if you want to join in, let me know. I always say, here's the tip, though. Mention something that we're talking about. If we're, if we're talking about the opening segment, don't mention the main event. If we're, if we're at the very end of the show, don't ask about the first thing that happened. We probably already covered it. So that said, let me introduce the crew. I'm Jack Farmer being joined by the legendary, the future Hall of Fame. Thank you. Thank you. The thank you. incredible oh Jimmy Corderas and the other guy, Flobo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Yikes. That's just you for shaking your head at. You know, Jack, I've known you for eight years and you ah yes everywhere. Weddings, funerals, <laughs> like Christmas party. Ah yes. Like church. It's just yeah. it's crazy, man. You know? Jimmy, it's true. You should see me when I get my food at a restaurant. So so it's basically it's basically like uh indeed. So yeah. it's, just, it's, just, it's not a gimmick. It's not a gimmick. Or, or now it's become, and now okay. Well, let's 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 bring it up to date. It's now like yeet everywhere, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I like indeed. What a great throwback to, to use. No, have- oh, man, I used to love it. He's one of my favorite people. That's why I say it. Man. Yeah, they are. Uh, that that is such a good. That that brings me joy to remember uh, the old uh, indeed, indeed. Um, <laughs> we got a. We got quite a show lined up, but before we get into it, for for Jimmy, how how are you? We were chatting about holiday shopping, and mm-hmm. you still got a whole bunch of names on your list. I'm thinking you got two of them, and they're both on the chat or both on the screen right now. Oh, oh, oh you you guys are expecting gifts? 
Oh yeah. goodness! Oh no! So, hold on. Let me get. Let me get the missus here. We got right there. I will accept the autograph toonie. Uh, yeah. oh, toonie. Oh, I oh, love the toonie reference. Yes. Man, I missed the two dollar bill. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, I remember my first trip to uh, to Canada. People were like, uh, "Loonies and toonies." Like, what are you guys talking about? This is crazy. But... Wait to hear what a tin bit is. You know, it's it's a weird <laughs> land that Canada. I'd rather have the tin bit. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> Uh, I found myself in a Tim Hortons and, uh, oh, really enjoyed myself. In any case, uh, Flobo, how are you doing, old pal? You know what's great, man? Hanging out with Jack Farmer all over the world. We collabed in real space last week for Influencer Fight League, but we're here today to talk about good old wrestling. I love it. Yeah. Uh, for everyone listening, it's still on Fight TV, but Influencer Fight League, Flobo and I were on the call for some boxing matches and, uh, some pillow fights as well believe it or not uh, it was it was an interesting show it was fun it's available on fight people should check it out but let's talk about the show we're supposed to talk about of course as always everyone in the chat like comment share subscribe time for the roll call beer money shalbowski armando killer a demons leonard jones ethan cruz uh we also got uh marquise neil Corey pride roger and uh, a lot of other folks in here lego brick collector so good to see you all again. Let me know what your thoughts are on the show as we go through. We're going to jump into the very beginning. And Samoa Joe, he's on the prowl and he is looking for answers. And he wants them from Adam Page. Page comes out and says he doesn't care about friendship. He doesn't care about the devil. He doesn't care about next strong. And that brings out Roderick Strong who accuses MJF of being the devil and says that Samoa Joe is his best friend by proxy. Uh, this eventually leads into the match between Hangman and Adam Page. Uh, during that match, the kingdom is active on the outside. It's athletic, but Adam Page eventually gets the win. <gasps> Jimmy Corderas. <laughs> yes. Um, I have really found myself enjoying the mystery of the the devil story and how it's bringing in multiple people. What's where are your thoughts on the current devil story in AEW? I like the fact that it's got people guessing. I, I, and this whole thing about, you know, people speculating that it might be MJF is, uh, you know, obviously I'm sure some people thought that as well, thinking that he's pulling the fast one, but now that they've brought it to the attention, I can I think that's where you, you know, now, at least from, from my point of view, I'm thinking, now that they've brought that up and they think that it's MJF, some of the talent thinks it's MJF, it's got to be somebody else. And I've got someone else in mind, but I think uh, that's even a bigger swerve. But uh, if you, when you ask, I, I will give it, I think. Interesting. Well, that goes to the next question. I was going to ask Flobo, but he was rude earlier. So I'm going to go right <laughs> back to you, Jimmy. You hold uh, <laughs> my question is, to get to your point, and, and Flobo, I'll let you answer. And everyone in the chat, let me Please know. Do. I'm going to make this easy. You can give me a name if you want. But my main question is, for everyone in the chat and for you guys, was the devil someone mentioned in the opening segment or not? I I believe so. I, I, I won't say mentioned. Well, yeah. Were they part I, of I it? Think, I think they may have been part of it. Michael Bennett? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's fair enough. I know, I know a lot of people are thinking... Uh, Names like Jungle Boy, because that name has not been brought up a lot lately, and there's other names out there. But uh, I think it's I think it's a bigger swerve than that. 
Interesting. Let me ask you this question. Uh, was it last week when the lights went out and Samoa Joe was in the ring? Yes. And when the lights came back up, there were four people surrounding the ring. Mm -hmm. What happened to Joe after that? Didn't he run after them, if I'm not mistaken? Did he, I, could, did he, I, I could be mistaken. Somebody appeared on the screen, right? I guess yeah. just a, an image of the, the person in the devil mask. And Joe didn't get his hands on the four people. That's true. And why did they not attack him? So you think it's Samoa Joe. Wouldn't it be interesting if it was not that he needs those the help, but still. It's well, no, that's an interesting point, Flobo. Uh, I, I ask you, and just to give you a rundown of kind of how everything's going in the chat so far, um, Max Feldman says it's Roderick Strong. Ethan Cruz says they were not part of the opening segment. Mick Rouse agrees, or Mike Rouse agrees. Um, then uh, Killer of Demons agrees, and Armando agrees not in the opening segment. Killer Demons says it's definitely Jack Perry. Yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. Ethan Cruz says liked, shared, and subscribed. So, uh, <laughs> what do you the devil? No, um, the answer is Don Callis, but it should be Tony Khan. How cool would that be if it was Tony all along, Austin? It would be the biggest swerve ever. Oh, Come on, goodness. and if he said it was me all along, Matt, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, um, I have my theory. Uh, I don't know if I should get into it now or if we'll, we'll do it later. Uh, at the Go end, now. We're back. now. <laughs> Please, sir. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, let's let's do it. Okay, so my theory is, right, um, based on who's getting attacked and what's going on here, I know there was a bunch of WWE folks, former WWE folks who are now available. We know that AEW likes the callbacks. Mm -hmm. What if this is those guys from WWE, but here's the story. They are here protecting MJF because he's supposed to sign up north. And they're there to protect him, to protect the investment of the big guy up north. And it's almost like an NWO part two, except instead of saying we're coming to take over, it's we're here to take you with us. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. That's that's you talk about thinking outside the box. That's definitely outside the squared circle thinking. Uh, I like so, that. So that's my that's my current pick. I, I will say for anyone who's keeping track. I change my mind on this every like every like day. <laughs> anyone who knows my my prediction schemes, I just pick everything, and then when one of them is right, I'm like, "See, I told you." <laughs> but but that's what's fun about this. You can predict, and, and there at this moment, at least, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just, "Hey, could it be so and so?" And this is why. It's. Yeah, I yeah, know. And it's it, this is a very delicate situation, I think, for MJ or for, for AEW, though, because they have to stick this landing. I think right. if it's a reveal mm -hmm. that isn't interesting, oh, I, I think a lot of people are going to feel very upset that this was a big. I know I feel like a lot of people have predicted Jack Perry. And now once that name started getting circulated a lot very early on, it felt very much like it cannot be jack perry anymore you know right. you know what i mean it's got to be yeah it's it's got to have some fun to it Flobo? i'm with you jack because i mean let's say you watch wrestling for storylines there really wasn't much today but that so if you were a storyline hound right you're like oh wrestling's great but i like my like, what's next in my chapters if it if it doesn't land the way you say it does you can imagine how many 
hours of AEW program has been bookended or has this as a through line without it's almost like so much more pressure than a normal storyline to stick that landing to your point. And I like Jack Perry because I think I want him to do well, but I don't think this is him at all. I don't care how evil he is. Uh, it just seems a little beyond the pale for him. Mm. Yeah, there's. I, I'm a fan of Jack Perry too. I just there's certain people. It just doesn't feel like it fits. Um, I, it, yeah, and like you said, sorry to cut you off there, Jack. No, no, I really apologize. But yeah. uh, it just like you said, this has to be hit out of the park once the reveal is made, as opposed to, ah, yeah, see, I told you so. It has yeah. to be one of those. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be something interesting. And in the chat. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Ethan Cruz saying Adam Cole, possibly. I feel like Adam Cole wouldn't have the any. I feel like most of the people mentioned uh, Leonard James saying Jack Perry would be a bust. Uh, Corey Pride saying uh, Jack Perry is not interesting. Um, and Armando saying them leaning into Jack Perry and MJF makes it known it isn't them. Hmm. Um, I feel like that's logical thinking, but we never know. Stalking you thinks it's a dog emoji. Uh, always good to see you stalk, uh, stalking you. Um, but uh, Shelbowski with the super chat says, it's so weird seeing Jimmy on the left side. You know what, Jimmy? Let's... Uh, let's, ah! let's, let's <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Ma like magic. Studio right. magic. Uh, uh, we also have Shelbowski in the chat saying, will any of the people's guesses actually be satisfying? Uh, uh, just to answer really quickly, you can never satisfy 100% of the people all the time, regardless of how, you know, good you may think it is. Someone is always going to be out there going, well, look at me. I, when it comes to certain things, I like to nitpick, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I'm sure there'll be people who nitpick whoever the choice is. Yeah, Flo, but we have this thing, and we do it. We're doing it now, basically, but where we like to fantasy book things. And sometimes we get our eyes on something that just isn't realistic, you know? Right. Uh, no, I haven't seen people say this, but as an example, people are like, maybe it's The Rock who's the devil. And then suddenly, you know, it's like, well, come on, that's not going to happen, you know? Uh, yeah. So it's a, kind of a tricky situation. Yeah, absolutely, because there's so many, uh, to AEW's credit, there's just so many, like, badasses on the roster. You're kind of like, well, who would take the extra step to be the devil? But then the ones that would fit, like, say, a Malachi Black, you're like, well, he's already spooky. Why does he have to be even spookier? So it's a hard one to call, and it, I almost say we have 0% chance of getting it right. Yeah. Um, Shelbowski says, I like the idea of the Bucks and the Elite being involved. Uh, we'll talk about why that probably is not the case. Uh, at the end of the show, at least I would imagine so. Uh, but I want to talk a bit about this uh, Adam Page, Roderick Strong match. One of the few uh, men's matches that was not a Continental Classic match in this one. Uh, this was, uh, Jimmy, this was my kind of wrestling match. I said on Twitter, uh, it was athletic. It went back and forth. I think we all kind of assumed Adam Page was going to get the dub. But at the same time, I thought Roderick Strong came across looking good. I thought he showed character, which is something mm -hmm. that he's been able to do over the past few months a lot. And it got Hangman back in the winning ways. What did you take away from this match? No, I did enjoy the match. And like you said, it, it was kind of like in my wheelhouse of what I like to see in, in certain matches, at least. Uh, yeah, don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean I, I can't enjoy a spot fest. I can't enjoy mm -hmm. a, a different style of match. But this this one really hit me in the wheelhouse. And, and it helped both guys. And that's the important thing for me. Both guys got over without one of them. Get, both guys got over 
mm-hmm. with only one of them going over, which is what I'm trying to spit yeah. out here. You know, if I can get my words out correctly, the the only issue I have was because it wasn't a tournament match. We had the guys on the outside. It felt like they had to get all their ref distractions in in this match. You know, yeah, I I don't mind it happening once or twice because that's what heels do. But I think they overdid it. That, that's the, my only little nitpick about this match, but I did enjoy it. Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see where you're coming from with that. Flobo, uh, your thoughts on the match, but I also want to add a second question that I want you to kind of uh, chat a bit about a bit. Uh, during this matchup, there were a lot of swerve signs in the crowd, which may have just been a coincidence, but when Paige was out there, it felt like there was a lot of swerve signs out there. The rivalry that he had with Swerve clearly made Swerve a superstar. Will it forever haunt Adam Page as being the guy that took the L in that rivalry? Well, first thing about the matches, I, I did enjoy it as well. Uh, I was a little surprised. I, I didn't think Ryder Strong would be put away with a dead eye, which is kind of cool. Uh, you know, usually the, the Buckshot Larry gets a lot more shine. So that was kind of cool to see the dead eye uh, putting him away. But to, to answer your question, you know, you understand about who gets over, who goes on top of the card, and, and Swerve is just, uh, you know, a superstar now, which is something that I didn't buy into until very late. I'll be the first one to admit that, even through the kill shot days of uh, Lucha Underground. But I was asked that question for the Stepping Stone guys. If you are part of a team, it shouldn't matter. It should be, hey, look, if you get money, we all eat, right? But mm-hmm. I can imagine if you're Adam Pace specifically – being on that long storyline two years ago against Kenny Omega and now seeing the crowd move on and swerving when they're driving and you're going, Hey guys, my product is still as good as it was. It has to be a little bit of like killer instinct going, dang, that could have been me. That used to be me. What gives? Uh, Ethan Cruz says uh, he has a complaint. Uh, Hangman did a nice moonsault. Then he did it a second time again. I thought the spot was good enough. One time, Uh, Jimmy, that's an interesting point. Like for these big moments, it's a I get where Ethan Cruz is coming from we saw it once you should Mm -hmm. like you you don't necessarily want to see uh wrestlers do their signature moves multiple times but at the same time if you're trying to logically think about it if it's a good move for a fighter yeah you'd go for it multiple times what's your take on people doing moves twice uh, if it makes sense in the, in the story of in telling the match, you know what I'm saying Uh, if I'm not mistaken one of the moonsaults was on the two guys on the outside or are yeah. we talking about both moons? I think he landed on his feet with one of them. I don't think right. he actually exactly. He didn't didn't land it, but he did hit the two guys on the outside uh, with a moonsault uh, as well as his opponent. And I don't know if that's what he's referring to. At least they're two different moonsaults. Yeah. It, it all in how it is applied. If you do like, uh, we're going to talk about speaking of uh, doing the same move multiple times in a match. It's going to come up later in the main event too. So. Uh, yeah, uh, stay, stay tuned for that one. Well, Armando, we, we'll we'll talk about this. Speaking of a of a tease, uh, says huge miss. It was time to repackage Hangman, have him come back as an outlaw cowboy, and Swerve and Jay White were buried on in the tournament. I disagree on that. Mm. We'll, we'll talk a bit about that uh, as we get to that part of the show. Uh, we go to the next match, and this is a Continental Classic match: Brody King versus Andrade El Idolo. Really hard-hitting match between these two. Uh, Brody King and Andrade both unbeaten so far in the Continental Classic, but it's Andrade who gets a hard-fought win. This was another one I really loved. And Flobo, to this point in the show, I thought that uh, AEW is batting a 1,000 for Dynamite. 
Uh, yeah, the show so far was pretty good. I, I think eventually, and I don't have to skip ahead, I think it just becomes too much of the same flavor. But let's talk about this match right here. I really thought the Continental Classic was tailor-made, and it still can be, for guys like Brody King. Because when Brody was signed, it was a big deal. I mean, this guy was tearing it up on the independent scene. There was, like, the sky was the limit. And not not knocking the House of Black, but it definitely was a side project. Now, you had this match. I have in my notes as an upset. And I start to wonder, the way Brody was dispatched here this week, I, I worry about his prospects moving forward. So, yes, to your credit, bad in a thousand because I was engaged with the match. I was thinking about what's next for both men. I thought they had a good matchup. But at the same time, if you got this big hoss in AEW who can really, like, be a force of nature, you got to be very careful or else he'd become like a ghost like Wardlow. That's right. I said it. <laughs> well, well, to double back real quick, I do want to say, Flobo, you, you are admittedly a – Andrade El Idolo guy. Absolutely. So were you glad to see him get the win? I am glad that he got the win. I don't like the way he, I did it. Like Andrade's been so smooth before. A lot of a lot of the the combinations of his moves made a lot more sense. This one here was kind of like he won a bar fight, which I don't believe. I, I felt like if, if Andrade won by by a technical move or the hammerlock uh, DDT, then sure. But the way it happened was like okay. It's like when you're when you're when you're well, technically he did win with the hammerlock. DDT. I, but, but I'm saying a nice clean matchup. Yeah. I think it's like when your home team wins with a good decision by the umpire. You're like oh okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> instead of being like, "Oh snap!" <laughs> yeah, uh, Jimmy, do you? I, I noticed you. You no. have some thoughts. What What are you thinking? No, I get that point. Uh, you know, it looks like he won a bar fight, but at the same time, it makes people think, "Hey, you know what? Maybe there is a little bit of toughness in Andrade that we don't get to see very often." And and someone like uh, like a uh, Brody King brought it out of him. But the, I think there was one situation there where they missed an opportunity to make Brody King look like he was going to be the guy that he was going to pin him. It was that rolling, was it what do you call, the rolling senton in the corner mm -hmm. when he squashed uh, Andrade and yeah. then he covered him. Andrade was like under the ropes and everything and the referee counted anyways. That could have been a perfect opportunity where he had him pinned. The referee says, hey, he's in, the, you know, have him drag him out. It takes time to drag him out away from the ropes, then cover him, then get the kick out. So at yeah. least it's, you make it look like an opportunity. Oh, he could have won it right there if he wasn't so close to the, you know, an excuse. At least give him an out there. Uh, just yeah. a little thing again. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy, do you think they got the right, the right winner here with Andrade over Brody? Um, I, for this instance, uh, I don't mind it. Andrade being the winner because Brody King has a future. Again, yeah. here's a guy they could rebuild. I just hope he they don't uh, wardlow him. Yes, that's what I'm worried about. Mm. Yes. I mean, it's a bit early to worry about. He got his hair cut uh, 12 months ago to this week. He got his hair cut by Samoa Joe. I'm not Joe. talking about Wardlow. Oh, wow. I'm talking I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, you got me all hot ever. Lobo, are you? Flipping you tables have, over you here. Have, you have some things you got to get off your chest. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> Uh, so, but look, cause I, look, I have, there's like six people I feel like in AEW that in three years should be their, their world title picture. And I think that Brody King is one of them. I think he is an absolute star in the making. I don't, I, for a while there, I was believing Brody King's going to win this whole thing, but now I have doubts. <laughs> you know, it's just funny how one, one match makes you feel like maybe I'm maybe he's not going to do very well, and I feel like I guess that's the magic of something like this. Uh, Flobo, how do you feel about this Continental Classic? Just the idea of these two brackets. 
I, look, I like them. I mean, I'm a World Cup guy. You know what I mean? I always root for Belgium because we don't do too well in the United States. But yeah. I got to be honest with you. It, it's a lot to take in. It does feel like going through a dark chocolate cake sometimes. It's good, but it does wear on you. Today, we had two devil segments in that opening matchup, and it was pretty much all Continental Classic. And I really wanted, and of course, the, the women's match in there, for sure, not, not to knock, knock them, but I felt it was a bit too much. So I like it. I think if we do that and the Owen Hart tournament, we need to peel back some of the eliminator tournaments, if you want to be honest with me, because I, I like tournament stuff. There's a lot going on in, in AEW, but uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm torn. I like the idea, but it's just too much. Yeah, Jimmy, what are your thoughts? Because I So just for record, this is weird. I love, I love complicated rules situations i yeah, love i love mm -hmm. the heritage mm -hmm. cup in nxt i love these these round robin tournaments for some reason i get excited about it i don't know why it's just I, I, something i'm into do you like them or do you think it's a little too too much no i it can be a little bit too much if they're going to have uh, again the other tournament that 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 Flobo mentioned earlier uh the the own heart cup tournament uh, uh as well but in this case uh one of the critiques that I make about AEW is they put matches together with no, you know, backstory to them, no reason for it, except for, Hey, this will be a good match. So-and-so versus so-and-so. At least now, if you put them in a tournament situation, there's a reason for uh wrestler a to meet wrestler B and that you want to put together. It's a tournament. Mm -hmm. they, there's a reason why they want to face each other and win because they have to. Yeah. As, as opposed to let's just put these two guys together because they're going to have a good match. Yes. And it's, um, it's definitely, I like the stakes. I like whenever there's stakes, even if it's kind of, you know, wish you are like points and things like that. We'll talk later. I feel like, I feel like the big time matchups happened earlier on in the show when it comes to the, the continental classic where we got some of the, the ones that didn't feel as meaty <laughs> later mm -hmm. on. Uh, but we continue on and we got a Von Eriks and best friends segment. Uh, Von Eriks will team with orange Cassidy on rampage. Uh, Jimmy, I thought this was a really smart tie into a movie that's getting a lot of um, uh, publicity. But do you think that it's a miss having this happen as a small segment on Dynamite and then being tucked into Rampage as opposed to making it kind of a big Dynamite Iron Claw special or something? Uh, that's the problem with, with as I like to say on this program a lot, putting 20 pounds of potatoes in a 10-pound bag. You've got so much going on. And you're in Von Erich country. This would have been the perfect opportunity to have them in front of that live audience and feel that audience. You would have felt it, my goodness. And having them just in the backstage segment, I thought was a missed opportunity. Missed opportunity putting them on, uh, on Friday night. They could have done collision at least. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, because Collision feels like the number two show, at least, so to speak. But yeah. not putting them on your, the show with your main audience, your biggest audience, let's say, I, I think is a missed opportunity. Yeah, Flobo, this is a movie that is, uh, now obviously as wrestling fans, we are all paying attention to it. But A24 is a very successful company. I know yeah. a lot of people talk about it. I've had friends. Of course, we live in, you and I, we, we live in Los Angeles. So we all have, act, we have a bunch of actor friends. They're all excited. I know the ones even that aren't wrestling fans are excited to see it it just seems any realistic tie-in and this is a huge tie-in the actual von erics potentially being on your show and mjf who's in the movie of course uh it, it feels like that would have been a slam dunk to put on a really big stage instead sure. of kind of hidden on rampage am i am i wrong here because i know also von erics currently 
as a tag team aren't former WWE guys, I guess I'll put it that way. I mean, you're, you're, you're not wrong. And I don't want to, to bury the guy. I thought Orange Cassidy was a strange choice. Uh, you think about what the Von Eric stood for and the kind of energy they had as a, a team and family. And uh, Orange Cassidy is kind of, I guess, a goal for complimentary type deal. But yes, to, at the very least, this exchange should have happened in front of the crowd and say, this Friday, this Saturday, we're doing something. Just Orange Cassidy slinking up being like, I need some help in the group project when I want to be my buddies. It seems kind of weird for a legacy yeah. team. So um, I'm not mad. I'm looking forward to the match, but I'm not hyped for it, you know? Yeah, we um we got a couple of, of chats I want to make sure we get to. Um, Terry Allen Jr. mentioned that Jade's mother is in heaven. Condolences. Yeah, very, very sad news there. Um, and um, thoughts and, and everything go out to Jade and her family. Absolutely. Uh, um, but we also have um, Shelbowski saying, unless I'm not understanding rules, Moxley won his side tonight, whether there's matches next week or not. That's correct. Uh, not no, that's not true. You can still, there's still tie. If Moxley loses his last match and Swerve or I think there's someone else in his match that could win to make it a tie at 12 points. So technically, mm -hmm. there could still be a tie at the top. You know what it was? It's because they wanted Jay White to they wanted Jay White needed Swerve to lose his next match so he can jump for the frogs. Okay, yeah. yeah. See, yeah. I, thought, I dig. See, I dig this stuff. I'm uh, into it. It I'm sounds like, like you do because I'm confused. And if, and, if, and if I'm not mistaken, at the end of the at the end of this bracket of the tournament, when it's done, if two guys are tied, it's whoever won their contest ends up yeah. advancing. So mm -hmm. I do yeah. like that that aspect of it instead of having to have a rematch or whatever. Right. Yeah. I um, I'm very much like that meme. I think it's from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where the guy's at the court board with all of his like <laughs> things everywhere. I'm like, I, I'm like that with this kind of stuff. Uh, I'm a total nerd about it, but nerd. Uh, uh, I want to mention Leonard James uh, or Leonard Jones says, not sure you mentioned it at the start and sorry to interrupt Ridge Holland allegedly hurt Dra Ilya Dragunov at a taping. Uh, we, I'm not, we're not covering that because hmm. I don't have any real information on that. And so I don't want to, um, hmm. I don't want to talk about something like that, especially like that could be an injury or whatever without having details other than photos hmm. from a live event. Uh, but that said, I hope that Dragonoff is is healthy and well. Yeah. Right. Um, so we move on. Um, you guys, I, I, I have believed I can find a way to make anything positive. Um, <laughs> okay. I have done this for years on this program. I've been. I've been mocked for being overly positive, and, and I, I always try to find a, a, a bright side. The Golden Jets cut a promo. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Ricky you mean Stark, the real sex gods? <laughs> Big Bill came out. Um, and moving on, uh, after this... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come um, on. That wasn't that bad. Yeah, look, look. Um, Jimmy, I am admittedly a Jericho apologist. I think he's one of the greatest of all time, and he's mm -hmm. one of my personal favorites of all time. Uh, Kenny Omega, I think, is one of the best over the past few years, and I think has been incredibly unselfish with how he's conducted himself uh, in AEW, even if I think a lot of us would have liked him to be a little more selfish in some cases. This promo was not my favorite 
is mm. probably the most positive I could come across. What were your thoughts here? Um, I was okay with it for a little bit, but then, you know, I thought the interaction went too long. It didn't need to go as long as it did, especially with what we talked about earlier, the Von Erics being in the building. This didn't need the time that it needed to get to where they're trying to go with this. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. And especially, yeah. you know, guys who could talk like Jericho and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, you know, and the, the little jabs at, at the Enzo Amore stuff and all that stuff were kind of funny and that kind of stuff. But I just think it dragged on. It felt like it dragged. Let's put it that way. Uh, wow. Yeah. I, I thought you ripped this with a new one there, Jimmy. I thought you would have been like this son of a second. I mean, I, I got a feeling there are certain members of the podcast team that would probably be pretty harsh on this. And I've got Flobo. Uh, yeah. We, 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 we texted about this. Right. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said to you, and I just to be transparent, I don't know how this was set up. I don't know what the plan was. I don't know if something happened beforehand. I don't know if this was a last minute thing. It honestly felt like, Jericho and Omega said, let's just go out there and wing it. And it just didn't work. You know what? The segment was doomed to fail when it started because the entrance happens during a picture-in-picture break. And we know we love those, but hey, got to pay your bills. Uh, Then it looked like Omega and Jericho weren't even dressed at the same swap meet. Uh, And then it was kind of like Kenny forgot the name of his tag team. And then Jericho and Kenny Omega look like they don't even like hang out after work. So then when Big Bill was to his credit, I think five, ten years ago, like I told you in text, if someone told me the segment flopped, I'd like, was it Big Bill? But no, he did what he had to do. Ricky Starks, a million bucks. They came with some energy, and all we got was Pipe Down Jr. It's like, yikes. I am not excited to see the Golden Jets win this one. I'm actually more excited to see Ricky Starks win this one. I, and, you know, Flobo, to that point, and, uh, and Jimmy, I want to get your take on this. I feel like making making Ricky Starks the bad guy is an uphill battle already because people love him. You know what I mean? Like, well, we boo him because we're supposed to, but like Ricky Starks is cool. We all love him. And then I, I see a promo like this where I feel like the burns that Jericho is trying to use weren't really that, like big Billy Starks is mm. not. I I don't know. It what did I, I feel like it didn't pebbles. land. Yeah, it, it's just I feel like it just didn't land. Again, I love these guys and like I hate mm. I hate saying negative things about it, but I feel like this was really, and again, I don't know what the story was. I don't know if there was, as you know, sometimes it's like, Hey, you guys got to go out there and fill time. And like, I don't know what to do. Let's just make something up. Uh, This one, this one felt rough for me, Jimmy. This one Uh, felt tough. Exactly. And that's why it didn't have to be that as long as it was, as I said earlier. And for a lot of the reasons you guys both stated, and it just, again, it's all about, does it work? The audience tells you everything you need to know. The audience did do their booing, but they weren't as loud as you would have expected them to be during this mm-hmm. segment. They should have been really alive for this segment. And for the person in, in the chat room who says, Jimmy, stop clicking your pen. What pen? <laughs> Whoa. Anyway. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Magic tricks. <laughs> yeah. um, well, there you go. No pen. But uh, Shabowski says, uh, be honest. Did you remember that Bill and Ricky were the champions? I did. I'm actually a big fan of them as a team. I think they're a great team. I do think, uh, and Flobo, I guess this is the last thing we'll say on this part, uh, unless you guys want to add more, uh, is AEW has such a solid tag team division. It felt like this was a chance to help Big Bill and Ricky Starks 
show how big a stars they are by standing toe to toe with two of the biggest stars in AEW. I think that was one of the things that kind of bummed me out about this segment. Uh, but I, I do feel like they have right now, there's a lot of tag teams that are absolutely world beater tag teams and like the Lucha brothers, FTR, uh, and others that I don't know where they are right now. Where's the tag team division, Flobo? I, you know what? And I and I don't need to pile on because it's a very belabored point. There's just so many. The title aspect of AEW is a lot, but there's so many things you got to promote in the show now because you have AEW, ROH, these tournaments, and then you still got the women's division you're trying to heat up. So a lot of things fall through the cracks to, the, to Chad's point. Yeah, you kind of forget about the tag team division. But if I'm Ricky Starks, man, and six months ago or a year ago, you were the guy. Everyone all over the IWC saying you're next. And now you're in the tag team division and you're being basically being worked with one of the great legends, two legends, and your opponents, and you come out the, the, the sharpest in the microphone, if I was Ricky Starks right now, I would wonder, is there something better for me? Is it the tag team division? Is it another brand? Is it another promotion? Because I've done everything you've asked, and it looks like I'm winning each and every night, even before the bell rings. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, uh, Jimmy, I'm going to have you go first on this one because mm -hmm. Flobo was rude earlier, so I don't want him to get the first track crack at it. Wardlow had a promo. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wardlow had a promo, building him back up, basically reigniting this rivalry with MJF. One of the things that's interesting about AEW right now is just how many people are gunning for MJF, but really from different angles here. Do you think that we're on the right track to get and uh, to get Wardlow back on track? Um, I, at least they're trying. Let's put it that way. I'm just not convinced yet. Uh, this whole him coming a referee stoppage thing that that's going on. It, it is with him. Right. I, I mean, I, I'm not mm -hmm. losing my mind. Right. Uh, I get where they're trying to go with it, but at the same time for me, it's not working. It, it's yeah. because what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat, picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket, outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It, it, you know, if if you're trying to, uh, as we say, make it feel like an athletic competition, if there's a referee stoppage here in this situation, then it should happen elsewhere as well. 
But yes. I, again, I get where they're trying. They're trying to make Wardlow look like this this beast that cannot be stopped. But they missed the opportunity that first time, and I don't think they have recaptured that uh, to any degree yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's I don't I don't like the refer, referee stoppage thing either. Uh, if you're going to do that, it needs to be so over the top, or especially in a world where we have the Texas death matches. You know, where it's like, look. You, I mean, uh, Adam, uh, yeah, Adam Page got hit in the back head of the head with a cinder block, and you kept the match going. So, uh, two power bombs seems like it's a little early to stop a fight, Flobo. Uh, you wanted to get something off your chest about Wardlow, though. Well, first things first, I hate referee stop. Even the days of Lord Tensai, I just not, I never liked that because if you're gonna tell me the ref is gonna stop a match, then I gotta like you know bribe the ref every time I have a matchup to let me keep going, right? Um, but yeah, here's somebody 12 months ago to the day got his hair cut by Samoa Joe after a match, and I said he was done because look, he's strong, he's fast. He, I believe what he says, which is a lot for a lot of performers out there. When they say you don't need to be a good promo, but when you say something, I want to feel it. He had a storyline that was golden with the whole MJF thing a couple of years ago, just breaking out of the shell, being the working man, and then disappears. Now he's back and he's just a tough guy. And that may work in a more family-friendly promotion. But when everyone's a tough guy, you got to give me something else just being tough. And I think that's the problem that you're stuck with Warlow now because, you know, where do you go? Is uh, Armando onto something here, Flobo? Says, unfortunately, Warlow needs to be a lackey again somehow or the leader of a faction to attempt to get him over. The man is coming out to no reaction, Flobo. Is that a good take or not? Um, it is an okay take. It's not a bad thing. I think I don't want to see that again because his lackey period was like was almost extended to the point of it being like, when is it going to happen? So I still have some residual um, um, fatigue with that. Um, but when you have two promotions at your disposal, if you do care about Wardlow as we want you to, there's your ROA champion. I mean, I like the idea of the Continental Classic being crowned a triple crown champion, but it was that unnecessary. <laughs> you didn't have to do that. Uh, but I do think if you want to do something like that, Warlow needs to be a champion and then treat him as such. Yeah. Um, we have Riho battling Ruby Soho with Tony Storm on commentary. Uh, Jimmy, the uh, Tony Storm, uh, she thinks that this isn't the real Ruby Soho because so Ruby Soho, Ruby Soho has green hair. <laughs> Uh, it's a couple segments long. Riho gets the win. Uh, it looks like she's next in line to be a challenger for that title. No, uh, she looks to be, and that, that's fine. As long as they build her, they continue to build her the right way. The thing I enjoyed most about this, I, 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 I'm a big, huge fan of the current Tony Storm, the way they mm-hmm. did this too, her coming out on commentary. And every time you're watching the ring, you're in color. And every time they shoot her on commentary, it's in black and white and back to color and back to black. That just speaks volumes. And and just the way she speaks and her tone, and, and she's bought into this character so well that for me, at least, it's working from an entertainment standpoint. I'm entertained by it. And, yeah. and as a fan, I want to see somebody end it. And that's what you want because you want to she's, – she's the heel, right? Mm-hmm. You want to see her get hers in the end. And I, if they build Rio the right way, this could be a, um, a nice little build to the women's division, which has been not their strong suit, let's put it that way. It's, you know, uh, Flobo, this was a very small thing here, but I think 
the commentary missed a golden opportunity. She sits down and she says, should I be play by play or color? And they should have said, Tony, you're never color. Ah, like, that's, a, that's a dad joke quotient. That's like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it was right there. They did. They didn't go oh. for it, but, uh, uh, you are a longtime Tony Storm fan. Um, mm -hmm. How do you like this new iteration of Timeless? Um, besides the fact she compared Rio to asbestos, <laughs> I, I, I personally am not a fan of Timeless. Now, and I, I want to explain something. Uh, big fan of Tony Storm. Loved her run in NXT UK. Uh, I, I When she got uh, promoted to the main roster, I was a huge fan of that as well. She doesn't necessarily need it for me. I think the moveset's there. The personality is there. She definitely sticks out. But I understand in AEW that you had to do something different. And being a social outcast was kind of vanilla uh, for all intents and purposes. No offense to anyone in that group. So the fact that she's on TV and people are seeing how good she is, much like Christian, the fact that they're finally coming around to appreciating her, I am okay with. But you're asking for me. If I built a museum of Tony Storm statues, I'm doing it from a couple of years back. And as Clay Ford says, Flobo has lost his mind. No contact, but it's always true. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. The, uh, this is a, uh, we call this an evergreen comment, Flobo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at, least I, at least I have an excuse. I've taken a few ref bumps over here. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched a couple. Uh, I don't know. Maybe someone in the chat. I don't know if either any of you guys know or not, but um, in the chat, let me know. It's so weird with Rio. It feels like Rio's here. She shows up. She's treated like the biggest star in that division, wins a few matches, and then disappears for like a year and then comes back. And like she's finally returned and gets a hero's return. And it's like the same thing. Is there, is it like, is she booked somewhere else, like in stardom or like, I don't, I don't necessarily follow a lot of the Japanese promotions, to be honest. So I don't know if she's working over there or is it injuries? Does anyone know why she seems to disappear for such? Big chunks of time. Oh, when Roman Reigns does it, it's a good thing. <laughs> well, maybe he's well, working a, a different story there. That's for <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's yeah. all the same to me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Rio should come out and be like, <laughs> just, just the one. <laughs> Yeet. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Rio and Tony Storm though are two two like like the I guess the old school most popular female wrestler on the roster, and Tony Storm becoming the new one. So it is kind of a uh original like original run versus current run most popular so that could be a big big opportunity or option um we get to uh roosh versus jay lethal in the continental classic and flobo this is where i started to feel the drag of the multiple continental classic matches uh, it was a faster one roosh needed the win to stay alive um in the uh gold league of the continental classic uh Flobo, you're shaking your head. Uh, yeah, because you're a Jay Lethal hater. That's why. Just admit it. The shortest match I of the like, night. I oh, like it's a Jay drag. Lethal. It's a drag, man. <laughs> Just say you hate Jay Lethal. I, on, honestly, I said there's six guys I think should be top guys in the next three years. Jay Lethal's one of them. I think you said it. Jay Do you Lethal believe player. that, though? I think he should be. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think you well, can talk on the microphone. I, like the I think he's I didn't say I hated the match. I like Roosh, too. Roosh has the most like intimidating entrance i think ever fair i agree um jimmy what do you what do you, what's your take on this one no the match was fine uh, you know i was perfectly okay with the match i was i was entertained by it and it was one of those matches where you could have made a case for either guy winning it's not one of those ones where i can't see so-and-so winning this match or i can't see so-and-so winning this match you could have made a case for either one uh obviously uh 
Roosh was uh, victorious and uh, maybe the, maybe the right choice, depending on what we see afterwards. It's it, the, you know, I know people are going to say, here goes the AEW hater. I'm not an AEW hater. I'm just stating things that I notice is uh, this is a situation where, where does Jay Lethal go from here? Because he's a great talent, as you said, and needs to be one of those upper tier guys. Where does he go from here? Yeah, he's Absolutely. he's he's struggled a bit over the past few months uh, since really since um, full gear, uh, which was a bummer. I see a lot of people saying things like uh, Tony Khan ruined Jay Lethal. I think we can pump the brakes on on ruining Jay Lethal. Okay, I I said yes. Let's see where he goes next. He the hasn't ruined Jay Lethal. It's right. just again where how he's booked. I hate phrasing it that way because people, you know. Right. I, I always say too, if you're on TV, you're in the uh you're in the upper tier, especially on AEW. So I don't think they've ruined him. I also think that he's someone who can bounce back. He's got good elasticity. He could bounce back very quickly and be a talented like top I don't know how far up the card. It's a pretty stacked top of the card, but he can be back in like the TBS title or TNT title contention or international champion. He'll be fine. Jay lethal. Um, but we move on to, um, uh, it was, uh, Jay lethal versus Mark Briscoe and Jay or Jay white. I'm sorry. Why did you say I hated Jay white then? Oh, you, you hate threw, everybody. You I mean, I hate Jay lethal, but, uh, Jay, Jay white's a guy you're okay with, but you hate Jay oh, lethal. I don't hate Jay lethal. Yeah, you do. Um, I uh I, I just find he's typically I, I, I just find it point. funny. I don't want to hate it. I'm just saying it's kind of weird. To, to Jimmy's point, I find he's in situations that aren't necessarily the best of situations a lot of times. The way you weasel out of that box reminds me of a rat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just saying. But not a weasel. No, uh, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's only there's one weasel. Seen. There's only one weasel, and that's Bobby Heenan. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. weasel. Uh more of a ferret. Uh, <laughs> so it's Jay Lethal, that's right, versus Mark Briscoe, uh, or Jay White. Why did I so many J's? Um, see, uh, see, that's uh, there's a real quick sorry to, to, to cut in here, but that's one of the things like you got Jay Lethal, Jay White, you know, that's why one a lot of the times names change in the WWE is they don't want to get in situations oh. like we just had right now. I used to hate it, but then as I've seen it more and more uh, here and in other places, I'm like, I get it now. I get what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in any case, Jay White versus Mark Briscoe. Uh, Briscoe tries to get the jump on Jay White, and it almost works, but White is able to roll out of the ring. Eventually, after the battle, Jay White gets the pin. Uh, Jimmy, this was, uh, again, one that I think if this was the only Continental Classic match on the show, or if one of two, I would have been really into. Uh, but as it is, I felt like I was a little bit burned out on it, especially because both of these guys seem like outside odds to win anyways. No, I understand that. And, and, and the positioning on the uh, the show, too, didn't help this match either because we knew that th- there was another uh, tournament match coming up as the main event afterwards. So it, when <sighs> here we go again with the 20 and 10, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? There we go. And. It's not that these guys had a bad match. They worked hard. They were snug. It was uh, it was yeah. physical. Let's put it that way. Uh, I do like the fact that the commentators did try to put over the fact that, you know, uh, despite Briscoe uh, being t- kind of mathematically eliminated. Yeah. 
so to speak, that the playing the role of spoiler and also for pride yes. were big reasons for him, which gave people at least the thought that, hey, maybe he can, you know, pull off the victory here. Obviously, he didn't. And uh, again, let's see where they go after this, especially with someone like a, a, a Briscoe. Uh, Flo, I'm going to ask you the spicy question. Mark Briscoe, he was, I think he had a, a huge wave of fan support. Still think he does. Yeah. Hasn't had the best of luck when it comes to big match wins. Is the window closing for Mark Briscoe? By window, you mean like championships? Or, or like, I should say for AEW. I know there's Ring of Honor is always an opportunity for him. But as far as AEW, Dynamite uh, featured person. Um, mm, if it was my promotion, which it totally isn't, I would run to the ground. No, uh, he would be my yeah. my col my collision or my hour one John Mox, right? That that weird chaotic good that just gets upset one day and says, "You're my opponent." Holy crap! Uh, we're going to have ourselves a mini death match every week. Now, when you do that, that person can't work every week because that will go to the roster. But be kind of a cool attraction, like, oh man, Briscoe's in action. It's going to be a good one. But to answer your question in the classic sense, as it is right now, yeah, you have about a year or so to take whatever love or adoration you get from the crowd. That's in any promotion, really, and leverage that into something else. Whether it's a catchphrase, a T-shirt, a title opportunity, uh, a talk show appearance, it's a very small window. So it's kind of towards the end of that. Yeah. Um, Clay Ford says, uh, the only reason a window closes is because someone else closes it. Mark is over AF. I disagree. You see that crowd? Mm. There's a reason why why uh, Judas was played on ad this week, off screen, because mm. the crowd is burnt out about that. That window is closing. And I think Jericho knows that. The Golden Jets was a step to get away from that Jericho Appreciation Society era because we are fickle as fans. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that I, I always say, I always call it, you got to have teeth or you got to be a threat. And I think that once we don't believe you can be someone who's higher up on the car, be a threat, be dangerous, we start to lose the interest in you. Uh, and I think that, I, I think everyone loves Mark Briscoe. I think if he had that opportunity, we, we'd all go, Jimmy, you know, banana. But yeah. After so many L's, it's kind of like Dolph Ziggler, who is uh, fantastic. But eventually, we're like, Dolph Ziggler's not winning. Like, you mm -hmm. know, I, I, mm -hmm. so it's hard to buy into it eventually. Exactly. Uh, no, no, you, uh, those are awesome points. And I have to give out the, the shout out to the late, great Pat Patterson, because that was his line that they will go banana. He always <laughs> left that S off. And, <laughs> and it was just tremendous every time he said it. Um, we, uh, we get to the final match of the night. Swerve Strickland versus John Moxley. The crowd starts hot with Holy Feces chance. Uh, a close one that almost goes the distance, and Moxley gets the win uh, with a belt grab roll-up. Jimmy, I know you're not a fan of the old roll-up, uh, but in this one, it allows John Moxley to get the win and take the lead in his group. I wouldn't have minded it, it, minded it as much if the shoulder was not clearly up. I'm, it's different if you could go, whoa, was his shoulder up or was it up? You know, there was whether there's a question to it. This was very overt, in my opinion, that uh, one of Swerve's shoulders uh, was up. And I know Taz was trying to cover as best he could for, for the referee, you know, saying, you know, he's sometimes they they miss things out of the way that position that themselves when they count 
but he was right there on that side as well. That's what hurt it for me. And unfortunately I can't unsee it now. Mm -hmm. And it, it all depends now what they go forward. They could use this. Yeah. In my opinion, Swerve has like, look, Hey, I did not lose that match. My shoulder was up. You know, he has, at least he has an out. Yeah. And hopefully they don't ignore it and just say, Hey, look, the referee is, is human and they make mistakes. And uh, that's what happened here. And at least he gives Swerve an out, so to speak. So he doesn't lose any of his momentum because man, has he got some momentum right now? Yeah. Flobo to that point, I was going to say that, uh, and I said this on Twitter, the crowd was firmly behind Swerve in a match against John Moxley. I think that is absolutely saying something. And I feel like AEW is no longer in build up Swerve mode. I think Swerve is built. Uh, yeah. He's a he's a top guy. Was it the right call to have him lose to Moxley though? Right call, no. I mean, especially being so close to a time limit draw. I I'm not sure if it was a situation where they want to make sure they were clear off the back half of the field, but I would have that go to time limit draw, even though I know it's a it's a thing we say too much at AEW. We're out of time. Give <laughs> it compared to other promotions, but I think that'd be best served there. Uh, the crowd's behind Swerve, and yeah, I'm a little nervous about that because people were behind Punk, people were behind Warblow, people were behind the acclaimed. And we're seeing a little of that wobble right now. But if Swerve is the guy, you got to protect him. Uh, as Ethan Cruz says, though, sometimes AEW got to learn you can't protect everyone. Uh, Jimmy, this is where. Um, I would say it's not about just shooting someone to the top. You know what I mean? In certain mm -hmm. things. And, but I do feel like after everything that Swerve has done so far and the momentum he has and the, the mainstream coverage he is getting on TMZ and in places like that, it feels like this is, a, he should have ran the, the, the gauntlet here in the continental classic. And I feel like he should have won them all. And I think he should have won the whole thing. Am I just being a Swerve fan? Well, if you if it is you being a Swerve fan, then they're doing it right. They were doing it right yeah, until this point. But like I said, it's a, it, you can't win every match. There's a way to come back from from, mm -hmm. from from the loss. As long as, like I like I tried to explain, they do have an out here in mm -hmm. this situation because of the way the pinfall happened. Uh, I don't know if that, who knows, maybe that was intentional. And if it was intentional, you guys got me. Yeah. You know that you guys got me. But uh, that being said, I, hopefully it is not ignored because if Swerve, even Swerve himself can go back, if, let's say we come back on whether it's even Friday or Saturday night, if we don't do it next week, or he's on the monitor watching the replay going, look, look, and he's showing, he's showing Paul Turner, my shoulder was up and you counted anyways. And, you know, and he could say, look, it was my mistake. My bad. I, you know, whatever it, that's how you can kind of bring him out of this and say, look, he didn't really lose that match. Yeah. And um, again, just to reiterate, cause I, I pulled it up here. Uh, I believe Armando reiterated uh, Moxley won the bracket already. Uh, draw would have been the move setting up a future title feud. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the bracket is not over as of yet. Uh, Moxley still has to face Roosh, and if he loses that, and if uh, or uh, Strickland still needs to face Roosh, and if he wins that, and Moxley loses to Jay White, we have a tie at the top. So it's technically still not done. No, Actually, but then, I guess the tiebreaker does give it to Moxley, doesn't? Yeah, it? exactly. So it's kind of given, almost given away the bracket, sort of, kind of. Mm. 
Huh. Yeah, there you go. I guess you're right. The, the bracket is over then. Uh, or what if Jay White wins? No, if Jay, because <laughs> if, if Jay White wins, he would also have 12 points. So it could be a three-way tie at that point. Hmm. With, with no, 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 no. If, if Jay White wins, yeah, if Jay White beats Moxley, Jay White will have 12 points. If Moxley, I only know this because I have it pulled up right now. If uh, okay. Moxley, that would mean Moxley loses. He has 12 points. And then if Strickland beats Roosh, he has 12 points. We could theoretically have a three-way tie at the top. How would that work? Oh, I guess I guess we're all tie. Well, how would a three-way tiebreaker work then? Wow. Well, I, well, the six-week tournament that you has to happen. Rampage yeah. to find out. No, I mean, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what kind of the drawback of having such a long tournament. So please well, give me that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's curious because, like you said, uh, Mox did de defeat uh, Strickland tonight, so yeah. that gives him the advantage over that. It, or do they have to now all of a sudden we have a three-way match to decide determine yeah, that, who wins that? Yeah, that's the problem, Armand, uh, Armando. Moxley doesn't have the tiebreakers. If Jay White beats Moxley, Jay White has a tiebreaker over Moxley, but Swerve has a tiebreaker over Jay White, but mm -hmm. Moxley has a tiebreaker over um, uh, Swerve. So mm -hmm. it actually it would be a paper, rock, scissors situation, which is how they should settle it. Yeah, uh, as, long, as, long, as long as I hear, yeah, yeah, <laughs> with uh, uh, so, um, so the uh, this leads to the end. Uh, the devil dudes, as I've called them, attack wow. Adam Page as he's leaving the arena early and then <laughs> smash uh, and then smash the devil's car with him. Uh, why are you dragging him for leaving early, man? <laughs> Three I mean, minutes to be, fair, to be fair, his match was way earlier in the show. But, uh, yeah, so now we know, Jimmy, that Adam Page is not one of the guys. Well, so it seems. And uh, the thing I found interesting about this was putting this on after you made such a big deal out of this tournament tonight, having so many tournament matches and having that big win. By, by Mox over Swerve, which was a big match. And as I say I countless times on this program, people remember the last thing they see. So mm -hmm. now you had all this, you know, trying to put this tournament over, and the last thing they see is the devil. So people are going to be remembering that more than anything else throughout this night. And it does make you wonder, who can it be? Obviously, it looks now that it is not Hangman. And it's going to get people guessing again. And, and and I know the names we've already put out there, but uh, I am interested to see who the reveal is. And hopefully it's, it, it, it is. Uh... Tony Khan. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, let, well, I don't know. That devil looked pretty big uh, in coming out of the car, but Leonard Jones doubles down and says that MJF is the devil. Uh, Lobo. Here's my question to you as yeah. we try to solve this puzzle. And this was frustrating about wrestling is sometimes the puzzle means nothing. It's just a reveal. But uh, if this puzzle is coming together, Jay White had a match with MJF. That was the tie-in. Uh, Acclaimed had a tag team as, as a team with MJF. That was a tie-in there. There's no tie-in to MJF with Adam Page at this point. Why do you think he was targeted? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, well, if 
So this person, if it's not MJF, because it makes the most sense to be MJF, because MJF wants to eradicate all all challengers of people he have uh, online feuds with, right? Everyone hates the acclaim. Remember that exchange? But you're right. It, it is a lose end for Adam. Um, as, first of all, props to Excalibur by saying devil and his goons. I thought that was pretty much a cool call. Um, but I think the tying is just clearing off everyone who needs to go. We all talked about Adam Page. He needs to go find himself again. Perfect time to write mm. him off. The devil did it uh, after the kind of the classic. So I think it's a loose end. I think you're thinking about the, the, the smog and lost. I don't think it relates to the main storyline, but you get Adam Page off the board. Mm. Might, might be a thought there. Uh, for this one, Jimmy, any... So here's, I, I will say, this is why I don't think it's MJF also. Because the devil caused him to have to work with Samoa Joe, meaning the devil put him in a situation where Samoa Joe would get the match. So Jimmy, your prediction still stands, actually, to mm -hmm. make sense in that case. But the idea of it being MJF doesn't make sense. Why would he put himself in a position to have to defend against Samoa Joe? And why would they overtly do you know, mention it several talents, mention it throughout the show. So yeah. that when it, if it does end up being MJFs, everybody going, see, I told you so. See, I told you so. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. give it away. It has to be something that's, in my opinion, it has to be someone that's going to make people go, wow, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. So Don Callis is out. Uh, no one wants to see Don Callis. <laughs> so. I'm actually I'm a big Don Callis fan, but he is probably one of the most hated people. In <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Mark Lambert, yeah, yeah, I was, I was, <laughs> yeah, Lambert was really hated too, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, that really does it for us. Everyone in the chat, let me know your prediction for who the devil is. But here's the here's the rule: you can't pick anyone that someone else has already picked. Got to be someone new, and that goes for the comments as well. In the comments. Leave a prediction who you think the devil is, but you can't pick someone that someone else has already picked. So uh, before we go, though, Flobo Boyce, uh, what were your overall thoughts on the show and where can the world find you online? It was so cool when Powerhouse Hobbs leaves himself to be the devil. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, the yeah. show was pretty <laughs> solid. Uh, not much on story, but if you like action, you got that in spades. You can follow me at global boys on that twitter alongside these guys and on that blue skies is anyone on blue skies still i'm still there uh at global boys. i'm there too but i i don't think i've opened it in like <laughs> nice uh uh jimmy corderas who uh any thoughts on who i guess you've already said i won't make you ask yeah. it again but where can any final thoughts on the show where can we find you online and uh all that good stuff well, I have no no issues uh, with the show tonight. Oh, I had a little few little nitpicks, of course, uh, as I always do. But for the most part, it was entertaining, and we had some good matches. And the in-ring stuff was actually pretty good. And uh, I, I'm cool with that. And uh, as far as where you can find me, you can find me here on, on, on Monday nights after Raw and on Wednesday nights after Dynamite. You can catch me on the Reffing It Up podcast with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hepner, and uh, RJ, our host, who... Is the glue that, <laughs> that keeps the show together. Uh, thank you for all your hard work. And, uh, you know, we um, we have fun with it. And and, and I enjoy it too. And I also have a lot of fun with my Ref and Rants, which I do from Monday to Fridays uh, on all my social media platforms where I critique and nitpick, uh, again, not to tear down, but to help tighten screws that I believe need tightening. Except for this week. This week I'm on positivity kick because we're going into the holidays. It's Christmas season. So I'm trying to keep it positive, at oh, least for a little bit before I take. And, and just to let some people know out there, I am going to take a break for the holidays. But then when I come back in the New Year's, uh, 
He's guns blazing. blazing. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, I love it. Well, you can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Uh, I'm trying to get my threads going. So hit me up over there. Uh, in the chat, by the way, Manish says Shane McMahon is the devil. The uh, <laughs> MDB. Well, if it was Shane, that would actually be kind of like earth shattering. Uh, MDB says Sting is the devil. KOD taking Jack Perry. Uh, Tomio says Tanaka. Uh, Justin Labar is the devil, says Beer Money. <laughs> uh, James Mitchell says Clay Ford. Issa uh, is another KOD. Uh, Armando, long-term story. Half the staff of the devil. Uh, uh, of course, Jeff Hardy gets a pick as well as Britt Baker. Uh, why not? Why not a Bubba or Bully Ray Dudley? Bully, Bully Ray. Ray. You know what? If you know if they were also speaking of invasions, if they were to set something up with like uh, TNA, maybe a little crossover there, that could be feisty. I. Bully Ray knows about setting up groups and attacking people under masks before revealing mm -hmm. himself. Um, so we'll have to see. As long as it's a, a well, no, there's only one devil. I was going to say JBL and Ron Simmons, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> JBL would be kind of fun too. I'd, I'd be I, down for a JBL devil at yeah. reveal. Uh, I wouldn't hold my breath for it, but I'd be down for it. Uh, but that does it for us. Uh, make sure to tune into at wrestling for all the latest wrestling news and make sure to tune in on Friday for the after SmackDown show on wrestling Inc. It's the best SmackDown after show until then we'll see ya. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.